Chief Ombudsman Peter Boshia, as we've heard, has released a report after a surprise inspection of the Paremaremo facility and claims there's a culture of containment rather than rehabilitation. Just how we rehabilitate prisoners is the million-dollar question. Uh, as a texter said to me, um, it's impossible to rehabilitate somebody who has not been habilitated. By the time you get to a prison like Paremorumu, is there any kind of ability to change? Uh, brain development educator, neuroscience educator and director of X Factor Education, Nathan Wallace joins me now. Good morning to you. Good morning, Kerry. How are you? Good, thank you. We, we know how important that first 1,000 days is in a child's yep. development. When mm-hmm. you look at the kids who end up dead, generally they have yeah. siblings. So they've grown up in this kind of environment. Are they the ones who have a far, far greater chance of ending up in a place like Paremaremu? Yes, basically, because yep. it's that neglect and that sort of abuse in those first thousand days that basically stops brain number four coming online. Brain number four is your frontal cortex, the one that controls your emotions, understands consequences, all the things that are going to keep you out of jail. So, so that brain doesn't come online if you're not nurtured early on. So days. can you be rehabilitated by the time you get to Paddy? That's the good news is yes, as a human being, technically as possible. If you have a beating heart, you have neuroplasticity. You have a brain that is capable of change, capable of growth, capable of new behaviours. So yes, biologically, technically, absolutely, everyone can be rehabilitated. It's just you're not going to rehabilitate them in a prison punitive type system that is seeking to contain people. So of course they don't, you know, in the prisons that we have now, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they're not going to be able to be rehabilitated. But, but absolutely, as biologically possible, you would just have to go about it in a whole different way. You wouldn't be punitive. You'd have to be rehabilitative. Surely there needs to be an element of punishment when somebody's been raped or murdered. Yeah, 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 there does. And that's another whole conversation, isn't it? That's yeah. you know, about society and... And that's not really my area of expertise, right. really, about whether someone needs punished or not. Right. I just know that as a society, if we punish that person, he's going to stay a murderer and he's going to stay dangerous to you. If we heal that person and grow his brain number four, he's going to have empathy, connection to other people, an ability to love, and you're going to be safer in your community. Right. So I think even though they might deserve to be punished, it's actually in our own self-interest yep. to rehabilitate and not punish others. How does the brain heal itself? Um, it's always constantly adapting to the environment. So your brain's job is to constantly adapt to what's happening. So if you put the that criminal who's been neglected and probably been in and out of foster care and never had the attachment necessary to bring brain number four online, um, you put them in an environment that is loving and caring and nurturing and connected to other people and all the stuff that the rest of us got to grow brain number four in the first place. You give them that. It's just so easy in lots of ways to give that to a baby. You are loaded with all the hormones to think that baby is gorgeous and adorable and every time you look at their face, you're flooded with endorphins. (laughs) So it's it's easy to then nurture your baby's frontal cortex. If you could respond to that 40-year-old who's now been in prison for 20 years in the same loving way that you respond to your 11-month-old, you would grow his brain as well. It's just that and see how it's going to be much more difficult to respond in that loving way to a 40-year-old. Nature hasn't geared you up for that, as it has for a baby. So it grows in the same way. You know, if someone's, say, 40 and spent all their life in prison and has never grown that brain number four, 
they can technically grow it, it's gonna, but it's going to start the same way it did for every other human being, with what the literature calls a dyadic relationship, a one-on-one relationship. For most of us, it was our mum. Our mum fell in love with us unconditionally and adored us, and that relationship formed a blueprint for all future healthy relationships. If they've never had that one-on-one dyadic relationship, they can't form healthy relationships. So if someone falls in love with them outside the prison, or maybe they Jesus does it through the prison priests, but they find some way of accessing unconditional love, yeah. that's the first thing that you need to grow brain number four. You have to calm brain number one with unconditional love. And for the majority of human beings, that happens in the first six months of your life, and it comes from mum. It doesn't have to be mum, but you know, most of the time yeah. it is. That's interesting you what you say about God, too. You know, because a, a number of, I've, I said before, it was mainly women and children that that tend to make a, ma- a man think, enough, I've had enough, I want to be a better husband and provider. But you're yeah. right about that a number of others say that they found God and that's what has yeah. saved them. And it is that unconditional love, isn't it? It is. It's that mm. dyadic relationship, that one-on-one yeah, and okay. Jesus, through the religion, gives that same unconditional love. You know, you, you take me in and I'll forgive your sins, however it works, but it's that same unconditional love yeah. that a mother generally gives, that unconditional love. Mm. So it is, it's just as long as the brain has that. It can be through religion, it can be through a best friend, it can be through marriage. There's lots of ways that people find that dyadic relationship and heal themselves, but most of the people in the prison haven't got that. No, and they're not going to get it if they're locked in 23 hours out of 24. Um, yeah, that's right. Could I mean, look pr- at other countries, how they will do Like in Germany, if you're in prison, yeah. if you get 20 months in prison, you're allowed to take um, that week off to go to your sister's wedding. You just have to add it on to the end, and you're allowed <laughs> to take that one off to go to... So then you stay involved in family rituals and involved yeah. and integrated in your family. So when you get out of prison, there is an active community that you've all stayed participating in already active, so they have way better rehabilitation than we just lock them and cut them away for 20 months and cut them off from all their family networks and sort of those relationships disintegrate. Where's the best place in the world? If if we could emulate another country, what would that country be? I don't know the answer to that for sure. There'll be other Mm. listeners that are more educated than that, but I know certainly Germany is one that comes up all the time in the literature in terms of how German prisoners are encouraged to have self-regulation. So it's almost like they're given the keys to their cell. And that punishment aspect that you mentioned before, it's like, yes, you do have to do 20 months, but you clock in and clock out when your 20 months are so that you can you know, continue participating in your life. I mean, obviously they don't do that for Hannibal Lecter. You know, you've got yeah. some people that you lock yeah. up. Yeah. But the majority of people in prison are actually, you know, self-control and the ability to manage yourself is the number one factor. The Dunedin multidisciplinary study, and I taught the whole world that, the number one factor that determines how well you do is self-control. So if you're in a prison, told, shut up, do as you're told, I'll tell you when to shower, I'll tell you when to go to bed, um, you're not practicing any self-control. So you get out of prison and you're handicapped because you've got no ability to... No, you've been controlled for all that time. Whereas in German prisons, you would have the whole time been exercising self-control, getting yourself out of bed, managing your sentence. You know, so that uses that brain number four. So if you use it or lose it, our prisoners lose it because they don't have any opportunity to exercise brain number four in our prisons. Um, they're not very focused on rehabilitation. But in German prisons, they use that part of their brain and they rehabilitate much better as a result. I thank you so much for your time and your insights, Nathan. Always good to talk. Nathan Wallace, Neuroscience Educator, Director of X Factor Education. Love to hear your thoughts on this. I mean, it makes sense. And as he says, he's not in the business of punishment. He's in 
all about the brain and brain growth. And fascinating to hear that the brain can grow. It's not irrevocable, the damage that woefully inadequate parents do to their children.